grab your character sheets and your dungeon master's guides because we're going in deep. This is Under the Table. Hello, everyone. My name is Jeremy, and I'm here with Jacob. Hello. And uh, we are going to be talking, having a discussion on character creation. We've done this a little bit with um, each person that it that makes up table quests um, to get kind of a kind of a feel for what what they specifically like about uh, running their characters or playing uh, characters in a in a game. Um, because everyone's a little bit different. Everyone enjoys things a little bit differently. Um, and so we're just going to, uh, I'm going to ask Jake some questions and we're going to get into a discussion about, uh, character creation in general, um, and specifically his inspiration and, uh, some details behind, uh, his character, Yakeg, that is, that he's playing in Fate's Gambit right now. I guess, I guess we can start off with the, kind of the initial, the, the initial question. Um, Jake, what was your... Uh, in inspiration for Yakeg, what what was your like? Maybe I should make a character about this moment. There's some of it that's uh, trying to work on work around what other people want to do. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, for Yakeg specifically, like there was a couple. I drew inspiration for like from a lot of different characters. Um. Uh, the mo- the main the most obvious one is the. Alan Adale Rooster from Disney's Robin Hood. Um, yeah. I drew backstory from from the character Tom Marilyn from The Wheel of Time, who's like this old... Um, he's not a bard, but, he, but he's what's called a glee man. Um, okay. But, and he also, he also wears that multicolored patch cloak. Um... Oh, okay. So that's where that's from. Yes. Cool. Yes. It's usually they usually call that a gleeman's cloak. Like most glee men wear them. Okay. Um, and then and then I'm wanting him to end up uh turning into somewhat of a ploy from Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere series. Okay. The thing about Hoyt in, in that series is that you don't know that much about him, but um, with each different series, like they they span across different planets and sometimes over hundreds of years. Yet, yet somehow he keeps appearing in like subtly in every series. Interesting. Yeah, and then more recently, I mentioned in the group chat that I've been watching the Blacklist, and yeah. And a new inspiration now is Raymond Reddington, but the challenge is trying not to make him too mob bossy. Yeah. As for why I decided to play a bard, this reason does come with a little bit of an apology. That I, okay. <laughs> um, when we started doing like uh, uh, Lost Minds of Fandelver and Out of the Abyss, I was trying to, I was watching Critical Role to get a better grasp of what D and D was, and I kept making an unfair comparison between Critical Role's Scanlan Shorthalt and your character Yashrin. Okay. And as we were going through Out of the Abyss, I had a stupid thought in my head of, of thinking, you know what? I should try playing a bard. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the challenge of it, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, so your inspiration for playing a bard is, you know what? I could probably do that better than Jeremy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um that is definitely something like and and this is this is uh something we can kind of dive into. Um like the bard as a class is very open. Mm-hmm. Um like there's a lot of different ways you can take it. They don't necessarily need to be a musician. They just need to be a, either a general entertainer or um they could even be essentially someone, uh, an orator or someone who gives like uh, speeches for um, some sort of 
royal family or something like that like the the bard class uh, and what you like the background is extremely flexible there's a lot um, of creative potential yeah and um one of the one of the struggles and i i think i did i, I talked about this a little bit and uh with my conversation with nick is i didn't really know what i wanted to do with yashrin um for like probably until we reached the surface and out of the abyss um and so, like, Lost Minds was just kind of me l learning D&D &D again because I hadn't really played that much. Um, and then moving f beyond that uh, was uh, just kind of grow my legs and figure out what was what I wanted to do. But, yeah, like, it, trying to figure out what your character, like, what you want your character to be is really difficult sometimes. Um Whereas other times you, you kind of have a, a general idea of how you, how you want your character to play. Yeah. Um, so I, I have to say, like, uh, your your character is an Aarakocra. Where did that fit into the equation? Was that something is just like, you know, I want to play a race that, like, no one really plays? Or um, was there, uh, did that kind of come hand in hand with the, the bard idea? That was mainly rooted with the Owl and Adele Robin Hood thing. And I thought okay. if I was going to be like the main spellcaster, I thought having like some uh, distance with the flight would give me some advantage. Oh, okay. So there's some mechanical reasons as well. That's yes. cool. Yeah. When you're creating a character, and this could be either in general or um, with, with Yak Egg, did you start with the... I guess the character concept first as like how you wanted to role play them or did you start more with class stats first? I think with Yakeg and I think this also applies with Barnum. Um yeah. it's I don't know if it's a good habit but uh a lot of times I just try to like conceptually come up with what would be cool and then try to add a narrative that would somehow justify that. Yeah, no, like I think that's cowboy no, wizard I... that turns into dinosaurs in kaiju combat. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually, I, I, that's that's how I play. So I mean, that's okay. Okay, I don't feel too out of place like, then. No, yeah. Um, so some some background information for uh the audience so you you've you've met yashrin a little bit with uh the um interactions at uh redlark and um he's my character from the like the previous group's campaign I, i've kind of gone over this a little bit more in depth with uh the, my discussion with nick but i wanted to give a quick overcap um and he's a bard. He's a half elf bard uh, who was uh, basically betrayed by his apprentice and kind of learning to cope with that um, following. But uh, at the point where we we took a break, um, I was going along the College of Whispers, and the College of Whispers is very like assassiny. Um, it's very dark. It's very much about uh, using your words to manipulate people and that sort of thing. Um, not not quite like College of Glamour, whereas getting people to do what you want. College of Whispers is basically like terrifying the crap out of people. Um, and yeah. Um, so we, I, I wanted to pivot away from that because I like the way the character was. Like the, my character's personality was turning out to be, I wanted to pivot away from that and go for um, the uh, College of Valor, and something that's more because noble. yeah, something more noble. But uh, another reason why I wanted to do that was because uh, I had this image of my, in my head of Yashrin being uh, kind of a like a quick-witted bard who gets like into the thick of things. Um, so, like, half the reason why I'm changing Yashrin to uh, a, a Valor Bard is uh, purely because I wanted to, like, get my hands dirty in, the, like, in battle um, and, like, do cool stuff. Because um, I, I, I had the move... Uh, it's, it's not the movement feat. It's something to do with Mobile. That. Mobile. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can get in 
like attack twice and then keep going to get out of attack range. Uh, yeah, so like Yashrin is like basically being formed to like I I want to fight this specific way in battle. Uh, like I want to get into the thick of things, but also be able to like be this utility class with the party. So, so something that I, I think you focus on a lot more than other uh, some of the others in our group uh, that. And it, I, I think most of this is due to the fact that you, um, well, n- giving credit to Nick, because I, I, I think you and Nick focus a lot more on the physical appearance of your character than uh, I, well, at least I do. <laughs> um, and that, that might be s- selling some of the other, the, the other uh, members of Table Quests short. I'll, I'll just r- limit it to me. Uh it's something that I find really interesting that you you uh, ex- express in character creation is focusing a lot more on um, their like your character's physical appearance. Um, yeah, is that something you tend to focus like uh, bef- focus on before your physical like your character attributes, or is that typically something you work on afterwards? Probably along the same line. With Barnum, I think the appearance was definitely before. Um, yeah. With uh, Yakeg, I think it was just from mixing different inspirations together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, he, he like is basically the Robin Hood rooster <laughs> with Tom yeah. Merlin's cloak. Right, right. So um this this actually oh yeah, I forgot I forgot I had mentioned that we were going to talk about this kind of later on. Um so there's there's kind of some differing opinion as to how uh how to handle character development um when it comes to like growing your character in a specific way um you you had mentioned kind of like things you wanted Yakeg to do or to become um like specific reputations and stuff like that um mm-hmm. Kind of backing up a little bit to use uh, some examples. Um, with Yashrin, I kind of wanted him to struggle with, um, like, how he felt about Aaliyah, uh, which was his apprentice who had, like, backstabbed him and he later found. Um, and I, I kind of pr- purposely wrote that into Yashrin's backstory so that he could have something to kind of struggle with to show character development. Mm-hmm. Um and largely, I left it up to like uh, Nick, who is the the DM of that campaign, to um, like how he wanted to introduce that aspect to the campaign. Um, whereas I've heard of other players that kind of have a okay, here's where I I think I want to take like my my character's character development. Like I want them to become a better person, or I want them to like overcome this challenge or something like that. I guess the question I'm asking is, are you more reactionary when it comes to character development? Like, uh, you, you mostly focus on what your character has to do in relation to, like, the the quest that you're on? Or do you have a kind of a set destination in mind of, like, I want I want Yakeg to be this character who he's not yet, Um and you'd you'd mentioned a little bit from like pulling on inspiration from um, some of the like the media the other media you consume. Um, do you do a mixture of the two? Do you focus more on reactionary character development, or do you uh, kind of have an idea as to like who you want Yakeg to end up being at the end? I definitely say it's more of the latter. Okay, I will admit sometimes when we're in that campaign, I'm like a deer in the headlights, and sometimes I'm just reacting to things. Yeah, but I def I definitely try to like figure out how he gets how Yakeg would get from where he is to where he's going to end up. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I typically don't do that. Um, as as a kind of a principle, I typically um construct things for the DM to use to kind of like pull on my character in different ways and like stretch me out a little bit. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't typically have a, like, uh, here's who I want my character to be at the end of this adventure kind of thing. For you, I think more improvising. 
I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an interesting concept. Yeah. I have to say there are moments where like I've talked with the, the DM of the, whatever campaign I'm in and basically be like, okay, I kind of want this specific thing to happen to my character is that a way that is there a way we can try and incorporate that? Like, basically, I want you to put my character in this specific situation. I will leave the rest of the details up to you, like completely up to you, because I think it would be an interesting moment for my character. Like with Nick throwing Aaliyah into the campaign. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hadn't really asked Nick to do that. I basically just left a note that said, if you want to bring her into the campaign, go for it. Okay. Um, I didn't. I didn't specifically ask for that. Probably a better example would be um, Josh's character Byron. Um, he like he was basically waiting for a time to reveal that he was a ASMR and like reveal his divine form or whatever it's called. Um, I I I, for being a DM, I'm really bad at not knowing like other races that I haven't played with before or haven't like brought into my campaign. I have a very narrow uh, thing, but anyways, uh, that was something that he kind of like worked together with Nick to create a scenario in which he would like reveal his divine form to the party. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that's specifically like character development stuff. That's more of a, Hey, I want to do something cool. Can we do, can we do that? Um, but I've definitely like tried to do that or have had like, have done that before. Um, and I think that's an interesting thing to kind of like, okay, I want to force this character of a development in a specific way. Like, how do we do this? I think for me, like something I do to help embrace the character development is to embrace the failures. Yeah. Like, I know you guys like to give like a lot of grief about like Barnum and the, and the water walking and stuff, but um, I actually kind of enjoy that. Oh yeah. Because it makes sense that the characters ought to be like developing narratively as well as mechanically. Yeah. And it's, it's times like that. I think it's perfect to make mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. I, I like, that is one of my favorite moments from the campaign. I mean, we, we've teased you a little bit about the, the fact that we ended up, like, walking down this river for, like, three days and we're going to pass out due to exhaustion. But, uh, um, yeah. I, that's, like, that's one of the... It, it's a cool, like, spell interaction and... Or another example that I think the audience could understand would be, like, would be, like, a Yash or Yakeg trying to make the make Brettle Cog pick up 200 ball bearings or something yeah yeah so that's an episode like i think it was like 31 i don't remember exactly um it's a more recent one yeah yeah as much as i give you grief about the quote-unquote yak egg moments uh it's stuff like that where i'm just like what is he trying to do? But I also really like it because there are definitely moments like freaking, I, I, I had moments like that with Yashrin where I was basically willing to cast sleep to kidnap Aaliyah. Yeah, that was on, the, like, the king of charisma had to person. knock out a bunch of nurses because he couldn't persuade them to let his girlfriend out. <laughs> It wasn't even that. There were, like, a bunch of city guards and crap on the way out, too. Yeah, Nick had to basically be like, okay, like, you didn't do anything, like, super bad, so I guess, like, we're gonna have Aaliyah take care of this. Uh, yeah. It's, it just seems like a bard thing to do, to be like, okay, I've got a plan, the, the risk I took was calculated. Yeah, exactly. The one? risk Let's I see. took was calculated, but man, am I bad at math? Yeah. <laughs> and when it works, it's great. When the plan goes, yeah. it's great. But when it's not, at least the audience gets a good laugh out of it. You know? Right. I I think that's the thing. If you if you do some higher risk, um, 
like plans, you're you're either going to get a good story out of well, either way, you're going to get a good story out of it. Um and put yourself into like an interesting situation because either you succeed and like you pull off what you were trying to do or you fail and now you have to try and figure out how to get out of your failure which i think is also typically an interesting story yeah definitely how much does your class affect uh your character's personality typically do you tend to lean into the um I'll say the stereotypes of the the class or you try do you try to like lean away from it? I try to lean I try to lean away from it. I try to play against the type. But in context of the bard, I think we both try to play against the type with Yakeg yeah. and Yashrin. Yeah. With Yakeg, assuming that the type is like the type from the me- the bard from the memes that wants to sleep with everything in the monster manual then absolutely not um (laughs) but uh although if if the type is essentially like a like an an inspiring magical entertainment entertainer then in some ways i could see i could see yake still rolling into that yeah as well as i've tried to make yake like a sort of negotiator but yeah that hasn't but that hasn't worked well for me um, one of the reasons why I'm, why I'm playing a bard is just, is just for the challenge of it. I'm not a, an outgoing charismatic person at all. And I'm playing a rooster entertainer that tries to charisma his way into or out of situations. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, I, I think that's also another like kind of interesting aspect of some of the characters like, um, being being the bard you're typically at least the face of the party like you're the one that initially starts the conversations um just because like you're the one with high charisma everyone kind of assume, like looks to you to do things um but if you don't um, if you don't have a plan you ask to the, at least make it look like you have a plan right exactly that's actually a really interesting concept of picking classes to kind of stretch your own like personal uh i'll say role-playing uh skills yeah i want to unpack that a little bit more but i'm not sure what question to ask like when you're like when you're working on a character or you're like being a character do you go into obviously you said with yakeg you wanted to work more on um I'll say the the, the uh, charismatic side of things. Um, is that something you typically like? An approach you typically go into with uh, specific characters, or is that something that's been fairly unique to Yakeg? I'd say that's something that's fairly unique to Yakeg. Yeah, absolutely. So, to add on to your question about like playing towards or against type yeah i think i think with yakeg at least like in context of to where i want him to end up um i think he wears the type more as like a mask like this happy go lucky bard but then behind that i'm definitely wanting to shoot for like more darker elements okay your your personality is kind of more of a a little more of a facade so that people underestimate you yes Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. It's very complicated and I don't always role play it well, but I try to role play it though. Right. Yeah. Typically people normally have different ideas of what what is fun when it comes to playing D&D. Um some want to tell like an interesting story, uh like trying to grow their character in some way and others lean a little more towards like I want to take a character that I've put time and effort into and like do something cool with them. Um, whereas it's, it might not be they're they're playing for like dramatic story moments. They're more playing for the hey, look at this really cool thing that I did uh, or that I'm doing or that I'm building. I think I know the answer to this, but is there one kind of particular side that you lean towards, or do you like kind of both? Could you repeat the question again? I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, it, it's a little it's a little bit of a weird question. Using Yashrin as an example, like I, I, 
I, I had told you kind of like my my idea to change him was based off of like I, this is how I imagined him fighting and like that sort of thing. Um, like I, I wanted to do something cool with the character, but um, mostly like I'll say like Yashrin's driving force is kind of him solving his own personal problems. So that Yashrin as a character is more focused on, I'll say the story aspect than like the doing something cool, uh, aspect of D and D. I, like, I, I think I know the answer that you're going to give, but is there like, do you lean more towards like creating an interesting story with your character or, uh, or like, or just trying to do cool things? Yeah. Or just trying to do cool things. (laughs) Okay. Not to say those don't create interesting stories by themselves. It's just that's true. Um, a little bit of a focus. Honestly, a lot of it would be the latter. Okay, <laughs> I've been trying to focus more on on the former, though the sto- the yeah. story aspect. Yeah, but of course, there's still times where I just want to have fun. Right? No, yeah. I, I I completely get that. I think everyone like kind of has fun with D and D in their own way. Yeah. Um, like obviously, everyone wants to see their character do the thing that they were designed to do. Right. But I think there are, um, like the, uh, I guess from personal experience, like I guess Yasha and I don't really have any, like I don't really have anything like cool that I wanted to do in mind it was more like I wanted his abilities to fit his like the the backstory and his character more um but uh with the the new character in Nate's campaign it is very much like I am building this character to be a powerhouse for a specific purpose because it's still like following along with his backstory but like a lot of my decisions into his care into the care building that character are okay. What cool thing can I do with this character? <laughs> yeah. I don't think you asked, uh, or maybe you did, but what, what, what part of character creation would be my favorite? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Like I, I forgot to look at the ones that I, uh, I, I sent you. So yeah. go figure. Uh, yeah, that's like what I guess what part of character creation is your favorite? There's kind of two different philosophies when it comes to creating a character, which is like some people play it more like a video game in which they just pile on a bunch of cool abilities because they're cool abilities. Um, and then other other people like like to uh, flavor their character based off of their backstory. Um, but yeah, what, what, what part of character creation is, is that your favorite for you? Mm. The thing I enjoy doing the most is trying to come up with different voices. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't always fall through. Like I know you've mentioned that sometimes my Barnum voice is hard to figure out or differentiate between my, my normal voice. And that might be um, something I, I have to work at more. I don't think so. Like I I I don't I don't remember saying that, but I don't think so. Like I could definitely tell when you're speaking in character just because of like if anything, I think the comment was that some of your characters like you, you have this specific tone that you take whenever you're speaking in character. It doesn't matter which character, but uh it's it's pretty consistent across your characters. I'm not saying they're they're like I'm not saying all your character voices are the same. It's just you have this uh I I don't know how to describe it. Like I think some people try and do it when they want to sound loud uh but without actually yelling. So it's like a soft yelling like voice to it. Um okay. but like I can tell when you're speaking in character, which as a DM is fantastic. Like I know that that's your character and you're talking through that character. It's just like, I, I, I don't know if it's good or bad. It's just it's something interesting that I, that I noticed with um, like comparing your, uh, your character voices. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> Meanwhile, I just default to either gruff or British. <laughs> because those are the like two voices that I'm more comfortable with and like creating different like 10 different voices is uh I will say you did a nice job with the goblin voices. Yeah, I I was I was proud of that, I have to say. Yeah, you did a good job um, of that. Thank you. But yeah, like that uh, that is really uh that's honestly something that I struggle with is creating voices for for my characters. One resource I think I go to is definitely listening to audiobooks. Yeah. Like I think my favorite narrator would be Michael Kramer who narrated both who like most of Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere books as well okay. as the Wheel of Time books and he has like a he's like he has the versatility of Matt Mercer but with that low molasses gruffness of Morgan Freeman. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So if you get the opportunity to like listen to either of those on audiobook, I highly recommend it. Cool. Yeah. Hit us up with that sponsor sponsorship audible. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, no, that's not a bad um, idea. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, they practically give them out like candy, but we're we're not big enough for that yet. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um So, going back to the question that I thought of before um picking character abilities do you typically like go with what you think is useful or cool to like just from a playing the game standpoint or have you ever made decisions where you picked specific ability abilities that you knew weren't like optimal but were more for like flavor or character backstory than actually like utility I I'd say I'd say the former definitely I'm def I'm definitely focusing mechanically, especially like as like the main spellcaster in Fate's Gambit. Yeah. Um. Like that's another reason why I decided to take up Bard was just to get a better insight of how to play it. Yeah. Like and having known spells versus prepared spells. Right. And so, like with when looking for spells i try to go for like something i could use for like multiple like scenarios like minor illusion has like a lot of different things you can use it for you can use it to like send messages like the message cantrip although it has a shorter range or you can right. make, use it to make different sounds or make different images right i i definitely tend to lean more towards picking spells for flavor reasons rather than their like objective utility Right. Not to say I don't pick, like, I do still try and pick, like, good spells. Um, like, freaking, what is it, True Strike? Is that the <laughs> one that's, like, the cantrip that's literally useless because yeah. you might as well just attack twice? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I remember, uh, I remember hearing that in the spell jam and Nate gave you so much grief about that. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, like, it didn't occur to me. Like, I because I don't know if I thought it was, like, a bonus action, which would, like, be fantastic. That would be fantastic. It's not, so you might as well just... No. Um, like, uh, Yashrin, I don't take spells that, uh, m like, manipulate people's minds. Um, like, specifically, like, interact with them. So, like, command, charm person, that sort of thing is, like... Uh, Yashrin kind of has a principle of like he he doesn't believe in manipulating people like that. Um, if if he's going to like trick someone, he's going and do it magically. He's not going to affect the person directly. He's going to like create an illusion or something like that. But so that kind of locks off a probably some of the more like powerful spells for uh, Yashrin. Um, but I I like it as a like as an interesting uh, I don't know I, I I tend to pick spells myself from flavor like what what I could see my character using in their like day to day life uh, or like Christopher Scrib is also a 
former character of mine from a different campaign that basically only ran like five five sessions or something like that um and with him since he's a like i built him to be kind of an archaeologist explorer type um i took a lot of movement spells or like spells that enhanced his like uh physical abilities like jump or uh some other utility spells to kind of get out of traps and trouble um i didn't know if they would be too useful in the campaign but uh i i picked a lot of spells like that because it made sense as to like who he was who he is um so i'm kind of like the opposite on that where i i pick spells for flavor reasons <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 definitely something I've like grown to notice, which I like about about when you do your characters is that you put a lot of focus on the flavor. I love that flavor. Some of that extra garlic seasoning. Yeah, that is something I gotta put into consideration in the future, though. Like making spells that like go along the flavor of like something that Yakeg would pick, not just because it's practical. Yeah, I mean. Like, uh, another thing could just be coming up with, like, a justification. Like, I tend to have some sort of justification as to why I'm taking this spell or, like, why my character would want this spell other than, you know, this is a really good spell. (laughs) I don't know. I tend to put a lot of uh, restrictions on myself uh, when it comes to, like, what my character can and can't do just because I think it makes the roleplay or the the gameplay more interesting. Yeah. Um, outside of like the game restrictions uh just because like self-imposed restrictions are uh, can can be a fun way to kind of modify the way you play a character it reminds me of a quote i don't think i'm saying it word for word it's yeah. from one of tim keller's books basically like talking about how freedom isn't necessarily being limitless but more finding the right limits yeah yeah and that's honestly like a pretty good parallel for D and D. Yeah, because like if you can do anything, then uh, it might not be as fun as like have actual actually having limits on what you can do and trying to like figure out what you want to do within those limits. Right. Because like you can be a murder hobo and just like burn down every town you see, but like where's the fun in that? You're not gonna get any like stealth missions where you're trying to. I think uh, I think that's undetected. I think that's like the the plus and the downside with D and D is that with that the plus is you can do whatever you want. The downside is people tend to do whatever they want beyond moral constraint, and sometimes yeah. that tends to be fairly questionable. Right, because they play it more like a like min maxing a video game rather than like a telling or a storytelling experience or a um like a role play experience yeah which like if that's how your group enjoys playing D, where uh, like that's great keep doing mm-hmm. what you're doing um it's just that a lot of I, I i've just seen a lot of people um like every group's it, every group's different and if you jump from like one group that's all about the murder hob- hobo thing to someone that's to another group that's like more storytelling, it's gonna uh, be a bit of a shocker. <laughs> right. What do you think is the most important part when creating your character? Like something that you believe is like the best thing to nail down and then build off of. Hmm. It's important to not make a character that has all his ducks in a row and and like not make him like super experienced and everything at level one. <laughs> yeah. Um, have an idea of somewhere he could end up or she mm-hmm. could end up or whoever. I guess have room to show like a like a process of character development and again embrace the failures like a talking about Barnum and his failures. I was on top of like enjoying like the, him messing up. I also enjoyed like him having like a super low spell casting ability to like show it, show like the process of him growing more powerful. Yeah. 
which is really interesting because you like was that intentional or was that oh no that was not intentional at all okay he he was my first character and okay i didn't know what i was doing and so i was trying to make him more fightery without realizing that druids are meant to be like more spellcastery okay which i think i like mentioned like uh in our last talk about how like when we were doing if you remember like when we started like going into that goblin cave barnum was like physically attacking the goblins instead of doing any spell casting (laughs) right yeah yeah i was (laughs) because because that was like a really interesting like huh you just said you tend to optimize your character, but this is like the one instance where you seem to do the, the like the wrong thing here, and it's, it's like, oh yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> like, oh okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I guess one of the things I always start with when I create a character, uh, just kind of like piggybacking off of the. Um, what what's the most important thing when creating a character is um i typically like to nail down how they interact with the world first i'm 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 a very role play heavy yeah uh character and to an extent dm like there's in my opinion there's never enough role playing in any I, game that i'm running <laughs> i agree uh well not, and not and i'm not pointing exclusively to you yeah yeah so I tend to start the, the, like have the basis of like how does my character view the world? What are what are some ideals that he holds? What are some um things that he wants to change about the world? Um and so uh Yashrin like typically um so the 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 reason why I started with the College of Whispers is my my idea with Yashrin is he he feels betrayed by the world. Um, he basically doesn't like, doesn't trust anyone, uh, like super edgy backstory, uh-huh. like, um, <laughs> he got like everything that he cares about is either lost or taken away from him. And so he doesn't really know his place in the world and, uh, like, uh, doesn't trust anyone, that sort of thing. And is just trying to kind of get by while trying to trying to recover as much as he can from what he lost. Um, and obviously that changed over the course of the adventure. Um, but uh, that is like that that core of how does my character view the world, uh, either based off of what's happened to him, so it kind of backstory starts to tie into that, or um, just some of the ideals he has. So, how do you typically go about backstory, like, creation? Is it something you tend to try and flesh out a little bit, or is, do you typically, um, I guess, like, uh, how, how do you tackle creating your character's backstory? Like, like I said, a lot of it comes from drawing from inspiration of, from other characters, but, yeah. um, but obviously you don't want to make it, like, specifically like one character yeah my problem is i try to take uh, pieces from different things and but i realize that doesn't always work um <laughs> like the idea of having yake have a fling with uh um with a like a like a brief like a history with that sultan princess was yeah uh, like i said inspired from tom Marilyn. but then i realized i also ba- like based his look off of the rooster from Robin Hood. And then I, then I was like, oh, wait a minute. What did I just get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I talked about this a, a bit with uh, Nick, but uh, if you were trying to instruct someone who is brand new to D&D and they're making their first character, what advice would you give them? Don't play the druid first. <laughs> <laughs> Take a class that is easy to manage. Mm-hmm. Like the thing about no, like known spells versus prepared spells is that known spells are much simpler. Um, you pick your spells and then you keep them. Right. Whereas like prepared spells, um, it's more like a handyman who has like a whole b- bunch of tools in his garage, kind of like my dad. Yeah. Um, 
like you have your tools in your truck, but then if you need like a specific tool for a specific situation, you can come home, grab the other tool and switch that out. Um, the plus is the plus with, with prepared spells is that, you know, all of them and you can do more things and cool stuff. The downside is you have to know, you have to know what each individual individual spell is and there's more homework and it's, sometimes a bit of a gamble preparing the right spell because you're trying to prepare for specific situations and then the specific situations don't happen and then you just kind of have to roll with it. So, yeah. My conclusion with that would be try to go for for a simpler class like mm-hmm. like a, a ranger or at least one of the better one of the more revised range rangers or yeah or a melee combatant or even a bard and then once you got your feet wet a bit more then you could try go shooting for a druid or a wizard or a cleric yeah th- that's one of the interesting interesting things that nick and i disagreed on because nick was basically like yeah play a wizard like First character, go ahead, play wizard. And I was like, what are you saying? Why would you wish that upon anyone? He's like, if you're going to learn spell casting, like the wizard's the best one to do it because everyone else has like weird like side quirks to it. Like the uh, the sorcerer having, sor- having to mess around with sorcery points and the warlock having just weird like invocations that they can use. Uh, like the wizard is more like... It works. It makes sense how it works because it it works about how you would expect. I can see his line of thinking. Yeah, his is more like jumping head first. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me of uh, of this one story. Um, my dad owns a lot of property out over in Pennsylvania, yeah. and we used to go go out there like every summer and ride dirt bikes. Um, yeah, my first time riding. I like trying the trying the dirt bike. I popped a wheelie and I flew off and and for a little while I had like a brief phobia of dirt bikes. So what my dad did was uh he made me drive uh his old tractor like and it's and both both the dirt bike and and this old tractor were both manual and you had to figure it out and mm-hmm. and uh, his line of reasoning was um if you start with the hard stuff first, then the rest ought to be more smooth sailing. Like you can, if you start out with the stu- with the hard stuff first, it'll be easier to figure out everything, all the everything else at the bottom of the food chain. Yeah. So, in some degrees, I do agree with him. It, yeah. I guess it just depends on how much work you want to put into it. Right. Um, if you want to dive head first into like if. If you want to play basically a character that's like a toolbox, then yeah, like wizard is probably the better choice for that. Um, but you can also dive into like being. A, I think clerics also use prepared spells. Yeah. Anyway, um, I forgot to say the thing. The other thing that makes druids more complicated is not only do you have to memorize spells, you have to also have to look also have to look up beasts. Yeah, um, literally all the forms and try to figure out if you would reasonably have seen this animal before because like isn't that another stipulation like you have to actually have encountered the animal or something it's a thing you can do if you want to be strict and specific <laughs> um like actually playing how the rules are written yeah like that <laughs> <laughs> um but another thing to think about with the druid is what spells go well with uh, beasts? Because, at least, at least with a moon druid, because you can, uh, like, hold on, keep concentrating on spells while while maintaining beast form. Yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of like extra homework with the druid. Basically, I'd, I'd agree. But when you know what you're um, doing, though, it's fun. It's, it's absolutely yeah. fun. I w- I still recommend playing one. How involved do you do you think the DM should be in character creation, like with his players? Uh, I'd say it, it depends on context. Um, okay. 
like I, like I know Nate's wanting to be very involved because so just so it, it fits in context to the story he's trying to tell. Yeah, um, I mean it it helps with his setting. Like th- there are specific like restrictions be- based off of his setting that he's created, which makes sense. I mean, I mean if you're dealing with if the DM's dealing with a newer player who doesn't know what they're doing, then yeah, I'd say they can get get involved, but um if the player has like something very specific planned, as long as it can fit into the story, um I I think I'd say give them some leeway. Yeah. Okay. I I guess from a DM perspective, it's really interesting. Like something that I've uh, experienced with Fate's Gambit is like there there are certain and I I'm very much this way myself. Is like I want the DM involved in my character creation because like I want this to fit into his world. I want him to understand what's going on. I want yes. him to be like I I I like because my my main focus when i create a character is very backstory based like i want him to know like my character motivations the things he can do with my character like to put him in situations that would cause like internal conflict i think i'd agree with that in that case Um, i think it would have context of like what kind of character the player is wanting if the player is like you said is wanting something more video gamey and there's less focus about the story then maybe that's an exception but if you're wanting something that that more story tri- driven and lets your character shine, then I, I think there de- there definitely needs to be a lot of uh, a, a good amount of communication between the player and the DM. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think part of that is just um, if your DM kind of if your DM knows your character and kind of knows what direction you're taking them. Um, it's easier for them to uh, it's easier for the DM to kind of play off of your character's strengths or um, give you your moment to shine if you if he knows kind of like what you want to do and how what what makes playing your character fun for you. So like I, I would very much encourage uh, like both DMs and players to get their DM involved in character creation and basically just let him know what you're thinking, how you're creating things and um like trying to tie it in with uh, your DM's world. Um because I've played right. with characters that have um and I like th- this isn't anyone in table quests. I I've played with uh people who basically like to design their own like basically self-contained character with their own self-contained story that doesn't interact much with the DM's world. That's true. It's really hard as a DM to interface with those characters cuz like they they just kind of do what they want. <laughs> like yeah. If you didn't want to interact with the world then why not just write a story exactly. instead of yeah. playing D&D. Exactly. Oh, that's an that's another thought about like advice for uh um uh, new players. Um mm-hmm. make the characters like someone that would work with a party. Make it someone that wouldn't necessarily hog the spotlight. Yeah. The the main thing I we touched on with Nick was basically make a character that wants to be part of the party because um there there's like Nick's had horror stories of uh, characters that don't have any motivation to stay with the party, and so he's basically trying to figure out ways to keep them with the rest of the party. Um, uh. So, like, having a character that actually wants to stick with the group is a good thing. No one wants to try and play with a loner who just wants to go and do their own thing and doesn't care about the party. Yes. Like, you can still play a loner-esque character and still desire to be part of the party. I don't think Yashrin was really ever a loner, as much as I like to say he was an edgy, like, backstory character or whatever. I think a good example would probably be Arbane, who's Nate's, like, Nate's character in our previous campaign. Um, Because he has, like, his own internal goals, and he really just wants to, like, go home, essentially. Yeah. But, uh, like, his character has, like, a sense of responsibility and actually, like, a desire to stick with the group um, 
based off of like not just based off of things in general but also i think by this point in the story like we our party is traveled enough with each other that we all already have basically a connection so just to for him to want to just drop everything and go back home like he he's uh, i think there's enough there in the party to be like yeah the party still needs me i might stick around yeah i think i can see that you also said in the message that you might dig into some yakek moments yeah, I mean, we we uh, dug into that a little bit with um, you, basically, when you were talking about, like, embracing your failures. Yeah, um, I'm mostly imagining that of you saying, so your character did this. What the heck, man? <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to do that. I had thoughts of doing that, but if we want to dive into that. It's, it's okay. We can early episode. Like I, okay, I I I don't I don't think we need to dig it too much into the the whole merchant debacle because I think I know know what you were trying to do basically get like deeply discounted uh yeah. health potions yeah um there's a part of me that feels ashamed because my grandpa was like like a master haggler at least according to my dad like. Like, uh, there, he has this one story where my grandpa, like, spent, like, the day haggling with this guy over, I think it was, like, either a car or some farming equipment. Yeah. But, but, but like, yeah, part of it is just, I did, I, like, I saw, like, a moment from one of Brandon Sanderson's books that I, that I wanted to try out, but my knowledge of haggling wasn't that great. <laughs> I think, specifically, it was your knowledge of how much health potions cost. Because, like, yeah. you completely lowballed him, like, so much that, like, I'm pretty sure just buying the glass, like, bottle for the health potion would be more expensive than <laughs> what you were, like, trying to buy or trying to haggle the price down to. Yeah. I flew too close to the sun that moment. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Like, otherwise, I love the idea. Like, I just... It's just like as a DM, I'm like, oh frick, I really like what he's doing, but there's absolutely no way I could give this to him. Yeah. Gosh, what I obviously there was the the more recent one with the, the ball bearing. Mm-hmm. What was your intention there? Um like Well, my original intent for the ball bearing plan was more to distract a guard. Um like obviously I wouldn't make them like jump off a cliff or something, but if they did something that was like stupidly monotonous and time consuming for eight hours instead of their actual job while we like scurried about. I thought that would be effective. But in context to Brettel, like everyone kept roasting him and I got a little too excited and jumped the gun. (laughs) (laughs) I, I love this idea. Like, I love that. Like you explaining that to me as to like get past a guard. I freaking love that. Like, I love that idea. It's just doing it to Brettel Cog was just like, you guys are already distracting him. Why are you, why are you doing this? Yeah, I, I, was, I was more thinking with my heart than my head. That's, I, I get that. But um, it, it was still hilarious. I mean, everyone got a huge laugh out of that. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it was. I'm. There really wasn't any harm in doing so. It's right. just... <laughs> I will admit, I do have... I think this comes from, like, playing a druid and trying to prep spells for specific situations. But I always yeah. have a habit of trying to plan out for specific, like, scenarios of how Yakig would go about that. The problem is yeah. that doesn't always follow through. <laughs> An example was, like, uh, like when we had first gotten... Uh, our stay at the guiding light we were going to go we had a uh, went down to Isaiah's old fishing place and he had found out about like some of the mutant or some mutineers residing and we had yeah. talked about like Yakek following him and I was preparing for that scenario but mm-hmm. I neglected the part that we're also invest- investigating murders of nobles and we went down another direction right yeah that's 
Yeah. Like there's there's a number of a number of different things that kind of go on and that's it's it's interesting to hear you say that. I'm very much a re- more reactionary player. And I mean that's I think that's something we've already established is like I basically build a framework and then kind of react how I want within that framework whereas you you're a little more like methodical and like to plan things out a little bit more. All the schemes. All the schemes. Yes. I have a general topic that I'm trying to figure out questions for, which is basically party dynamic. We've, we've touched on it a little bit before as to like how you get along with the rest of the party. Um, one of the things that I kind of... Uh, I honestly like the party dynamic of the, the Table Quest's party right now. Yeah. Um, I think it's very playful and fun, but also has some... Uh, like a good amount of serious stuff going on. When you were designing Yakeg as part of the um like party, does does your like how you currently fit into the party match what you were originally thinking how Yakeg was going to fit into the party when you created him? Yes and no. I know sometimes like they like the point that Yakeg as like a as the one that keeps messing up. But I've still managed to roll into that. Um, I think I think intentionally, when I was originally making him, I think I wanted him to be a guy that's more on the side recording what they do, and also like being like friendly. <laughs> 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 I, maybe I didn't think that far through enough. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's. It's really interesting, like digging into party dynamics because, like, you have there there are certain roles that you kind of have to like fill mm-hmm. that need to be filled by someone. I completely get kind of the feel you were going for, and I could definitely see, like, for example, Lucas being more the face of the party, mm-hmm. but you were just kind of thrust into that role. I don't know if it's just because everyone else thought, oh, he's the bard, he has the high charisma. That's true. That is true. There's like one aspect of Yakega that I like to push that I've been kind of enjoying. Um, Mm -hmm. While while it's probably not true, he likes to think that Lucas looks up to him (laughs) (laughs) and tries to be any any and sometimes he tries to be like mentorish, even though Lucas probably has more of his ducks in a row than Yakig does. So he's trying to be like condescending, a little a little condescending, and like. No, no, no! I'll teach you how to do this. I guess so. <laughs> I I think that's uh, so. I think that's like a really interesting, and this is something that uh, it, it you. I mean, you might want to talk with Nate a little bit about like introducing that uh, dynamic between the two of you. Um, but like, since Nate's character is really interested in being a knight, like I think one of the uh, potentially un untapped uh, scenarios between you two is like. You have a lot of stories about knights, so like maybe he would be interested in learning about those from you to like try and figure out what makes a good knight. And I can totally see this like side thing going on of like you trying to train Lucas like how a knight should look and act and all this other stuff when he already um, knows or something. I mean, like I don't know if he'd already know, but like your stories are greatly exaggerated and may not be a hundred percent truthful. So like. You're basically giving him the, uh, like, super-duper... It's like... In my eyes, it would basically be something along the lines of um, someone going to a comic book artist as and asking them how to be a builder, like a bodybuilder or something like that, and the comic book artist is basically just telling him, like, okay, here's all the things that you need <laughs> to be able to be Superman. And... <laughs> so like giving impossibly like impossible uh like not realistic at all expectations of what a knight should or shouldn't be and oh that would be uh, that would be hilarious basically you giving lucas like a checklist of things he needs to do in order to be a true knight and it's like slay a dragon and like a bunch of like stuff you would find in a story whereas being an actual knight is nowhere near as involved. 
Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to talk to, to Nate about that. I mean, I think this this itself is a prime example of um, moving forward with your character or like creating stories and stuff like that doesn't just have to happen at the table, but can happen like outside if like one of the characters has a good idea that they want to play off of one of the other characters or something like that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, I think with that, we're going to wrap up this one-on-one uh, -on -one discussion. I want to thank uh, thank Jake for being Here. wherever he <laughs> happens to be, but also in this Discord call. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Um, and we uh, hope you learned something and got a peek at, under the table. <laughs> As to, uh, I'm just going to beat that to death. Never mind. Um, no, uh, I hope you guys uh, were able to take away something from this and learn a little bit more about the uh, charismatic bard that makes up our party in Fate's Gambit. Um, yeah. And with that, thank you for listening. Tell your friends about our podcast because... They need a dose of D&D, too. And we've been doing a terrible job of telling you to do that. So you need to go tell your friends, and then your friends need to tell their friends, and maybe even, like, someone's dog or something. Until we form a cult. I mean, audience following. Yes. With audience. Yes. <laughs> no. Um, but once again, thank you for listening, and join us next week for more D&D stuff here on Table Quests. Yes. I'm going to adjust my mic so that it, I'm not, like, hunched over. Um, posture is something uh, you should pay attention to, kids. When your parents tell you to stand up straight, you should do that, or else you'll have back problems. That's true. So there's your, if there's you your PSA. If you learn anything from this episode, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need to know. You can stop listening now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stop the podcast. Stop everything. You know what? Quit quit playing D and D. Well, that, like, okay, just... that escalated. I was just I was just specifically <laughs> talking about the episode. We didn't have to go all the way there. <laughs> oh yeah. Stop listening to your parents. No, no. <laughs> I Table Quest does not condone stopping listening to your parents. Listen to your parents, kids. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I had a question that I would that came up to mind while I was talking about that, and I just completely—it's gone now. Uh, now I realize that question was kind of a dumb question. <laughs> I had another question, and then I lost it. Uh. <laughs> oh well <laughs> we'll get around to it later if it comes back um, we will see you next week well you'll hear us next week you won't see us because it's we've been watching you this only. whole time <sighs> okay yeah. I mean we see right. you when you're sleeping so now we you're claiming we're Santa Claus you're awake <laughs> We know if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. <laughs>